This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. A little delay there. Um, thank you for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Thank you very much. I do appreciate it. Me, you giving me your time. You don't have you. Uh, you got other things to do, and uh, I try not to waste anybody's time. When they're listening to the show on the show or or being a part of the show, and I uh, appreciate that so much. And I do appreciate all your kind thoughts and and. Um, the things you say about the show, also the criticism, you know, I'm, I'm up for that. You know, I mean, I can deal with that. I mean, I'm not thin skinned, uh, but you know, if you're going to criticize the show or anything, and most people don't, but you know, if you do, if you thought you have some sort of criticism or some sort of way that you think I can make the show better, you know, let me know. In other words, I'm saying constructive criticism is always warranted. Wanted. And um, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It's another day. It's another time. And uh, uh, we're just about into the first month of 2018 during the taping of this show. Okay. And um, yeah, uh, my mind just went blank, folks. You know, (laughs) okay, what we got here, we've got the, oh yeah, let me mention this. This is not a sports show, but I had to I have to say something about this. The Bears have found a new coach, somebody named Matt Nezzi, I believe. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. But anyway, they found a new coach. They got rid of John Fox. Uh, I I always felt they should have gotten rid of this guy, you know, last year. But they somehow didn't hear my thoughts on it. Or um, I, I thought they should have gotten rid of John Fox last season. You know, when he was three and thirteen, took the Bears to three and thirteen, and the season before that, he was, you know, and he was just not a good coach. He may have gone to the Super Bowl, he may have done this, done that in the past, but somehow he lost it. At least he lost his groove with the Bears, John Fox. So they now they've hired this other guy, and they they didn't waste any time hiring another coach. I mean, they kicked John Fox out out the door and just hired another coach. And there, a lot of people are saying this guy doesn't have uh, uh, any kind of. Uh, uh, experience in terms of uh, taking a team to the playoffs as well as taking a team or teams to the Super Bowl. So they're saying he's lacking uh, a few skills there where John Fox, he, this guy actually was uh, at the Super Bowl. He's taking a team to the Super Bowl, but not this guy. So you know, and everybody's praising the new coach. They always do that. Every time they bring a bring in a coach, a new coach for the Bears, he's praised and he's put on a pedestal and he's going to get things done and he's going to make sure players this, players that, everybody's going to be on the same page. And just like every other year for about 10 or 15 years, they lose. Uh, they never make it to the playoffs. If they, I, I think – I think when Lovey Smith was with the Bears, I, he's the only coach that I know of that has taken the Bears to the playoffs. And Mark Trussman, he was awful, but he had, he has he had a better he's got a better record with the Bears than than John Fox. 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it's the Bears management, the scouting team. They don't know what the hell they're doing when they're going out trying to find coaches for the Bears. Now, this new coach, um, they're, they're praising him, putting him on a, on a pedestal. He's, he's giving interviews throughout the media and all this kind of thing. And he's introducing himself to Bears fans, people of Chicago. But this is, this, as I have just got through saying, this is what the Bears do when they fire a coach. And, and, and they hire another coach, and they put him on the pedestal, and he promises to do this and do that, bring, uh, get the Bears to the playoffs, even the Super Bowl, and then it's, it's another broken promise. You know, but, uh, you know, I, I reserve judgment on this guy, this new coach. I reserve judgment until I see him out there on the field and the Bears are winning games. That's the only time he's going to get my admiration and support. I have to see the team actually winning. I can't see a 3-13 and 13 team. I can't, see, I can't understand a 5-11 and 11 team, you know, or, or a team that just quits. I have to see results. We want results. You know, just don't go out and hire coaches and, and think thinking that's going to be all right. That's going to satisfy fans who are paying top dollar to go see these games. We want results. You know, uh, Bears have just got through raising their ticket prices. For what? A lackluster team? A lackluster season? And you're going to charge people more money? Give me a break. All right, this uh, I just had to mention that on the George Wilder Jr. show. Um, um, the Bears uh, hiring a new head coach, and they did it pretty pretty quickly. So uh, I'm gonna, as I've said, I'm gonna hold uh, reserve uh, judgment until I see results on the field on this new coach, because this new coach is going to be hiring his own coaches, offensive and defensive coaches. Uh, more coaches are going to come along with this guy, you know. So. Uh, we just have to see what's going to happen, you know, um, uh, 2018 season, you know, Bears were just awful. I mean, they lost everything. And I do think Mitch Trevinsky, I think he has some potential there, but he's like, he's like, to me, he, he, he reminds me of Jay Cutler down. He's up and down one, one day he'll have a great game. The next day he just will have a game that embarrasses the entire city of Chicago. <laughs> He's up and down. I mean, he, he seems like a nice guy and you want to, you know, you want to wish him the best. But, you know, I mean, when you're paying top dollar and you're spending your Sundays watching the game, you want to see uh, and you're a Chicago fan. I mean, hey, you want to see uh, positive results. All right. You've been uh, listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. It's great to be on the air, folks. It's great to know you're out there and listening and and podcasting the show. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. And my guest today is Cassandra Jefferson. Let's see. Let's see if we have uh, her bio here. I'm pretty sure there is explicit talk radio. Okay. Uh, she may be a radio host like myself. Uh, it, it says down there that she probably is. When I say down there, I'm, I'm talking about below my knees, uh, the calendar, the uh, the uh, calendar where I uh, book uh, – Book the guests for the show. Um, uh, uh, it's a, I call it a calendar. It's actually a, a booker. It books guests for the show. I keep a schedule of who's going to be on the show. And it says here, Cassandra Jefferson, explicit talk radio show, Vegas radio. So we'll find more about that if she if she comes aboard. All right. You've been listening to George, the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Um, 
Okay, Oprah Winfrey declares that she's going to, well, she has not specifically said that she's going to run for president anyway, but a lot of people are trying to push her into running. There are some people pushing her. There's some people say she's going to run. She may run. Some people say she's definitely not running. Some people say she's entertaining the thought of running. My thing is, uh, I'm not against Oprah or anything, but I don't think Oprah should run. I don't think she had the experience to, to be president. Of course, we know this idiot we have in office now doesn't have any kind of experience for anything. Uh, and But if she wants to run for president, hey, she can go for it. Go for it. But, um, you know, there's other highly qualified people who can probably do that. And you want to think, uh, you don't want your presidency always to be people from the entertainment industry. Because Donald Trump is an entertainer. I mean, he, he's, he's, a, he's a clown, you know, and um, they're going to get him for money laundering. <laughs> it doesn't matter what they get him for, as long as they get him for something, you know. And I'm hearing that Donald Trump is about to be interviewed by Robert Mueller, the guy who's investigating uh, ties to Russia in the 2016 election, where, he, where they helped him win. They helped him win this. Donald Trump, he's always talking about something that's fake. There's nothing more fake than a fake president, you know. And now he's saying, uh, he's saying that bring Oprah on, that he's going to beat her. Bring her on, he's going to beat her. Give me a break. 90% of the American people don't like Donald Trump. 90% of the people hate his guts. What makes him think he's going to beat? And he may not even be in office in 2020. They may throw his ass out before the, 20, the 2018 elections. He don't know. <laughs> this man be talking out of his butt. He may not even be in office in 20, 2020 in order to run for president. He may be uh, in jail by that time hopefully, or either out of office, one of the two. So, um, and Oprah, let's say if Oprah did run against Donald Trump, she would beat him. She would beat him so badly he would have to run home to his mama. She would beat him so, uh, and you know that and I know that. There's no... (laughs) I mean, he's picking a fight where he can't win. It's all about, as as you know and I know, it's all about Donald Trump. It's all about the man himself. It's not about anyone else but him. It's about him. It's not about the country. It's not about America. It's not about the United States. It's not about the Constitution. It's about him and what he wants, Mr. Dictator, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Hitler wannabe. Donald Trump is the president of the United States. He's not a king. He's not an emperor. He's the president of the United States. But he wants to be king. He wants to be the emperor. He wants to dominate the whole world. And that's not going to happen because the world thinks he's nuts. There are some people in the White House. They probably won't admit it, but there's some one or two that might admit it. Donald Trump is nuts. They are afraid uh, for the country. If they're not afraid for the country, they should be, because the rest of us Americans, we are. We are. 
Yeah, he he wants the. I think Oprah will just knock his socks off if he wears any. I think Oprah will just knock his socks off. Donald Trump and Donald Trump needs his knocks socks knocked off. He may not even last until the uh, uh, 2018 elections, and if he does last until the midterms, uh, and if he does in winds ends up being in office uh, 2018 November 2018, he will not have the Republican support that he once had uh, because of the tsunami, the blue wave that's coming in November. We're going to wipe them, some of it. I wanted to say something else. We're going to wipe them out of of Congress, the House and the Senate. Therefore, Donald Trump is still in office. He will be impeached by the Democrats. And a lot of people out there should not be worrying about how the country is going to fare, worrying that we're going to be blown off the, the uh, blown off the earth under this guy. I mean, we have to stay focused. We have to stay positive. We have to stay uh, uh, engaged because we have to get this crap out of our government. We have to get this crap out of our government and we have to get rid of, try to get rid of, or just ignore Fox News. It's it, Fox News. It's probably good and good for a laugh, you know. But I wouldn't rely on anything anyone says on Fox News, especially if you know it to be untrue. If they're saying something untrue, they're saying something that's that's ridiculous and above board, or they're yelling and screaming at you from uh, from the studio of Fox News, trying to get you to believe something that you know is not true. Uh, <laughs> ignore them. You know, a lot of people are cutting the cable, cord to cable. A lot of people are cutting cable bills, cutting out cable television in in, in general. A lot of people are, because a lot of people I talk to, whether it's on special uh, uh, social media or in other places, they're saying that they're cutting the cord or they've already cut the cord. Doctors' offices, uh, 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 Sports bars, a lot of these places, you know, homes, apartments, condos, people, people are everywhere are cutting the cable cord. They finding out that they don't need, they, they don't need it. They don't want to hear that garbage. Uh, they don't want to, they don't want that garbage uh, uh, coming into their, uh, uh, and coming into surrounding their environment and their atmosphere. Uh, all of that negative uh, uh, air coming. In, coming into their places. They don't want that. And I don't blame them. I've cut, I've cut the cord a long time ago. No, I don't have cable. And I'm proud to say that I did. I, and I don't want it. I don't want it anymore. Okay. I don't trust MSNBC, Fox, CNN. I mean, some of these things are great. I mean, I can, if I want to, uh, listen to, or see, um, MSNBC or C- CNN or Fox, which I don't want to see, but it, and just in case people do want to uh, uh, check out Fox, you can do all of that stuff online. You can do that on the computer. You know, I mean, why have it? <laughs> why purchase uh, a subscription uh, uh, for cable when you don't really need a subscription, if I can say it, because all these programs are online and they're free. 
All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. My guest today is Cassandra Jefferson. That's a pretty American name, isn't it? Cassandra Jefferson. She's on the George Wilder Jr. Show as we try, as always, folks, to make the world a better place. And I think we're going to get there. Electing Donald Trump was a downer. I mean, and it proved to be a real downer. But um, we're still going to try and help make the world a better place. And it, and when I say making the world a better place, it doesn't always have to be so dramatic. I mean, making the world a better place can just mean smiling at someone or helping someone that you know who is truly in need and want your help and appreciate your help. Uh, that's what it's all about, you know. And you feel good about it, and the person that you've helped they are so appreciative of that. And that makes you feel good. And that makes you want to go out and help other people even more because you get the gratitude of how much you have helped someone and how much they uh, appreciate your help by saying thank you very much. All right. You've been listening to the George Weidel Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we are going to do this. Well, what can we do here? Okay. Billionaire. No, we don't want to do that one. We're going to do this a little bit and we'll be right back. The Trump White House has been engaged in an all-out battle for the past few days against a new book that paints a devastating portrait of the president. Author Michael Wolff spent more than a year with inside access to the Trump campaign and first year in office, conducting what he says were more than 200 interviews. The president waved but said nothing as he left Washington today. That after a weekend full of comment. 
I consider it a work of fiction, and I think it's a disgrace. On Saturday at Camp David, Mr. Trump denounced the book Fire and Fury inside the Trump White House and pointed to supporters doing the same. They know the author, and they know he's a fraud. The author is Michael Wolff. He depicts a White House beset by chaos, staffed by people who question the president's fitness to serve. Economic advisor Gary Cohn is quoted as saying in an email that the president is an idiot surrounded by clowns, someone who won't read anything, and gets up halfway through meetings with world leaders because he is bored. Wolf writes that for national security advisor H.R. McMaster, he was a dope. The book also quotes Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin and former Chief of Staff Reince Priebus calling Mr. Trump an idiot. On Saturday, Mr. Trump hit back on Twitter, calling himself a very stable genius. He followed up at the Camp David News Conference. Oh, a tremendous success, as you probably have heard. Uh, ran for president one time and won. Don't be condescending. On the Sunday talk shows, several members of the Trump administration also defended the president. You made it so, sir. CIA Director Mike Pompeo rejected Wolf's claims that the president gets bored during intelligence briefings. Those statements are just absurd. This president reads material that we provide to him. He listens closely to his daily briefing. Others inside and outside the administration have challenged the validity of some of what's in the book. But Wolf says the situation is so alarming that White House aides have even talked about invoking the 25th Amendment to the Constitution. In part, it provides for the vice president to take over if he and most cabinet members deem the president unable to discharge his duties. The 25th Amendment is a concept that is alive every day in the White House. To bolster his case, the author maintains that he had relatively free access to the White House. I guess uh, Sloppy Steve brought him into the White House quite a bit, and it was one of those things. That's why Sloppy Steve is now looking for a job. That's former White House chief strategist Steve Bannon, who was fired last summer. In the book, Bannon says Donald Trump Jr.'s participation in a 2016 meeting with a Russian lawyer was treasonous and unpatriotic. Late Sunday, Bannon apologized in a statement pledging unwavering support. He insisted he had not been talking about Donald Trump Jr., but about Paul Manafort, the one-time Trump campaign chairman. Today, Wolf disputed Bannon's recanting and said there's no question he was talking about the president's son. For more on the book and the firestorm it has created, I spoke with Michael Wolf a short time ago, and I asked him how different he found Donald Trump from the man he knew for the past 25 years before he became president. In, in some sense, not different at all. I mean, he is the same... Um, um, I think Steve Bannon calls him um, uh, a big warm bear, um, a big bo a big warm monkey. Actually, is what Steve calls him. Um, he's you know he's in many ways a, a man a man full of flattery, um, uh, superficial in every respect, a salesman, um, and he is still that, except that he's the president of the United States. You've been saying, you've been writing uh, repeatedly that the people around the president now, including his children, 
are worried about him, uh, in some cases alarmed by him. What are they worried will happen? I, I, I think almost anything that he does worries them because it is always unpredictable. It's always unpredictable. It's extreme. It's exceptional. And it is outside the bounds of what one um, has traditionally done as the president of the United States. Well, as you know, and we can go through this, uh, the president, everyone around him are pushing back. The president is saying this is a book full of lies uh, by an author, he says, totally discredited. The U.N. ambassador, Nikki Haley, said over the weekend she sees the president and his staff every week. She never sees anything like this. How does that square with what you saw? It's, it's absolutely untrue. Um, <laughs> I mean, literally, I mean, I spent, uh, you know, the better part of, of seven months uh, in, in close proximity to everyone in the White House. And, um, you know, and as I have said again and again and again, and I will say once more, I had no agenda. I was perfectly willing to write a, um, a, a book in which Donald Trump was the un, unexpected successful president. I went into this experience um, uh, just waiting to hear what people would tell me. And what they told me, the people closest to the president, was that things became more alarming by the day, that all of them in some way or other were uh, were afraid, afraid for their, both for their own careers and for the country. They were also, they just didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to expect. They woke up in the morning and um, they were, you know, in some, something of a, of a cold sweat. Almost all of them, for almost all of them, it was a countdown until when they could leave. Well, let me continue with some of the pushback. You quote the former White House Chief of Staff Katie Walsh is saying trying to figure out what the president wanted was like trying to figure out what a child wants. She now says she was misquoted. Do you have her on tape? Can you prove that she said it? You know, I'm not going to produce produce tapes. I am very comfortable with how I reported what Katie Walsh said. And by the way, I, I don't see Katie Walsh coming out and, and in fact, saying, saying she did not say this. I think she says Steve Bannon. She was quoting Steve Bannon or something like, like that. But I will, and I will go further. There is not one person in, um, in um, close proximity to the president in the West Wing who has not used the term that he is like a child. Sometimes it's an 11-year-old, sometimes it's a 6-year-old, sometimes it's a 2-year-old. Always he is viewed as a child because he is someone who needs immediate and absolute gratification. When, where, and, and when he wants it now. You mentioned Steve Bannon, central figure in the book, uh, somebody you talk to a lot here. He did issue a statement over the weekend, push back especially, or it drew back the comments that you said he made about the president's son, Donald Jr. Um, why would he do that if he's somebody you well, like? Well, I, I mean, uh, for, first of all, he didn't. He didn't say anything that, that I quoted as saying him was untrue or even misquoted. What he does try to do in a, in a very triangulated apology in which he doesn't apologize is say it wasn't about Don Jr. 
Um, it was about Paul Manafort. Um, now, there was the quote, which he doesn't deny, that, that in which he—I quote him as saying that, 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 that Don Jr. would be cracked like an egg on national television. Well, he doesn't dispute that. Um, and, in fact, in fact, while he certainly included Paul Manafort among this, this, um, uh, this group of, 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 um, of hapless people who were— who Steve also thought were might be tre committing treason, it was very much focused on Don Jr. He explained that what happened, that whole meeting in Trump Tower, came about because Don Jr. was trying to impress his father so his father would give him more authority in the campaign. I, I absolutely stand my ground. Given what you saw in the White House and what you've reported on, what is your sense of the Mueller investigation? Do you believe that it will produce proof that this president colluded in some way with the Russians? I, I you know, I have no way of, of, of knowing that. I can, uh, and, and I can only report what people in the White House told me. And what people in the White House told me is that actually they tend not to, not, not to give full credence to the idea of collusion, at least a, 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 a grand strategy of collusion. There might be, um, like Don Jr., some hapless collusion. But they all, again to a man, believe that if this investigation goes to the president's financial history, uh, then the president is in trouble and his family is in trouble. The conventional wisdom, uh, Michael Wolff, is that John Kelly, General Kelly, has brought a measure of calm and order to the White House since he arrived in August. Could it well, be the... Well, let me just... Let me just stop you there and, and, and go over the history of the last five days, the calm and order of the president trying to... Um, trying to prior to restrain to impose a prior restraint on the publication of a book the president going out and constantly tweeting about um, you know I mean I mean attacking attacking an author attacking his former subordinates and then um, coming out and saying that he was he was in fact saying I mean this is this is not a White House and not a president that has been um, um, restrained gotta, and, um, and had discipline you imposed on it. And yet, you're right. You say that the president and, and General Kelly have contempt for each other? Yeah. And that comes as a surprise? Yes. Anyway, I, um, absolutely. Move on to the president's daughter, Ivanka, her husband, Jared. He plays a major role in this book. Do you see them still as, influ as influential in this White House as they were earlier on? I, you know, I think that they are spending a considerable amount of time on their own, on their own legal issues. I think, I think um, General Kelly has, has taken significant steps to, to contain their influence. But, yes, they are still the most influential people in the Trump White House. The 25th Amendment, you've said uh, that this is a subject of conversation in the White House. This has to do with the vice president, a majority of the cabinet um, agreeing the vice president should take over if the president can't discharge his job. Do you know that that has been privately discussed by principals in the White House now? Yes, absolutely. I mean, Who are let's now go. And, and, and as, I, as, I've, as I've now 
as I've outlined, as I've described this this before, it is in the matter of people say because you you, you know there's this constant kind of commentary on what Trump has has done, how to explain this. And so I first started to hear this. They would say, okay, that was weird. Maybe not 25th Amendment weird, but weird. And then it would be, okay, we're moving closer to 25th Amendment kind of stuff. In other words, it, it, it becomes a, a, almost a term of art within the White House of how to measure where Trump is at any given moment. Two other quick things, Michael Wolf. If things are as bad as you say, as you write, that they are in the, this administration, why haven't there been resignations on principle from the top levels of this administration? You know, I, I mean, I, th I think it's a it's a it's a good question, and certainly as an outsider, you would you would you know fairly ask that question of everyone. The truth is that that you find many of the people find themselves in this situation and it's and begin to see themselves as as the people who can impose some kind of logic and order on this White House, that they almost stand protecting the president. Um, they stand between um, between the American people and the president. They are there in some um, you know, and, yeah, and, and I think totally. this is unexpected uh, for them all because they're all ambitious people. They have suddenly become yeah. um, people with a patriotic. They give a damn. They don't give a damn about the American finally, people. They care you about the people in the White president. House in the administration since the book came out. What are they saying to you privately? Uh, and it's a piece of junk. The, the 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 contacts that I continue to have um, and. A great many of the people who I have spoken to this book are no longer with the administration, of course. Um, but what I do hear quite specifically is the president is bouncing off the walls because of this book. He really takes it as a mortal threat. Michael Wolf. Well, he bounces off the wall <laughs> all the time.
<laughs> All right, at least 13 dead as mudslide slams into homes and clogged roads in fire scorched California. Now, not only does California have, it's still burning, sort of, but now they have mudslides. I mean, California just cannot catch a break. At least three homes were wiped out by mudslides. Wow. Uh, California needs a blessing, don't you think? All righty. It says heavy rains in Southern California has triggered mudslides and debris flow in parts of the state scarred by recent wildfires. Yeah. Leaving people trapped in their homes and cars as highways were shut down in the dark of early Tuesday morning. At least 13 people are dead. Santa Barbara, California Sheriff Bill Brown said authorities continue to rescue operations, continue rescue operations, and expect a number of casualties the number of casualties to increase. There's more people to be, will be found probably dead uh, is, is what I'm getting. County Fire Department spokesman Mike told Huffington Post to at, at least three homes in Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara County have been completely destroyed. Hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at a video right, right now that uh, of the mudslides and the people who are uh, been affected by this. As I've said several times when I was, been on the show about these fires, these wildfires that seemed in California that almost seemed to be out of control and people are losing their homes. And I mean, during these fires, uh, thousands and thousands of homes were destroyed. I mean, you, you, you saw videos and photographs of people standing in the debris of their home, of their homes. And it's just devastating. I mean, anybody could wind up homeless at any point at any time. So, just because you're in your house now, you know, and you're relaxing and you're sitting back and you're with your family and you're, you know, uh, just just imagine if you were homeless. Just imagine if something happened to your home, like a fire or earthquake or some other uh, disaster, monumental disaster, and you lose everything and you end up, you end up homeless. Anybody could end up homeless. It doesn't matter who you are, how much you have. Uh, education, money, or whatever, any any of this, uh, people can lose their homes and wind up, uh, end up homeless. You know, and a lot of people end up homeless. They don't have anywhere to go, relatives or anywhere, friends, anywhere. They're just out in the street. You know, but a lot of people who are lucky enough when they lose their homes, they have a family they can go to, uh, stay a while until they get back on their feet. So in some families, you try to stay with some families, they may kick you out in the street, you know, just for the hell of it. But anyway, if you have loving um, friends and family and you lose everything you have, you can always go to them and they're going to be there by your side and support you until you're back on your feet. Don't try to go go around people uh, or try to uh, ask for help from people who are going to make things a lot worse for you. You don't want to do that. Uh, do not ask for help from people who are going to make things a lot worse for you. Wow, broken record. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Um, um, Block Talk Radio right here. We're on four days a week, folks. Four days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Friday, we're off. Saturday, we're off. Sunday, we're off. But we're on four days a week, and we always have some of the greatest guests on the show. I had a great guest on the show yesterday, and uh, Peggy Lee Sprague. I hope you guys went by.
website and it's free. You know, I mean, my audience and, and most people uh, around the world and around the globe, they, decent people, uh, they want free stuff, free, free, free. You know, I mean, when I uh, set up a, a, um, a book giveaway and, uh, and offer it for free, I mean, hey, wow, I get a thousand downloads. People, people love stuff, free stuff. I mean, they just they don't want to pay for a damn thing. They want it free. But it's only $2, but that's too much, George. <laughs> it has to be free. You know, uh, people like free stuff. So go by um, Peggy, Peggy Lee Sprague, and I'm still uh, promoting her because I thought she was a wonderful guest on the show the other day, yesterday, to be exact, of this show. Um. PeggyLeeSprague.com. That's and that's easy, you know. And um, or the or, or either Google her. I mean, she's on Amazon too. She was a great guest, and I do appreciate her input on the show, and uh, because I'm pretty sure she is, she has enlightened a lot of people, and she has enlightened me. She enlightened me a lot, you know. Because you know, a lot of times I have guests on the show. I don't know what the hell they're going to be talking about. A lot of times I don't even know, don't have a clue, but I. <laughs> But I do learn something from every guest on the show, and I'm pretty sure they learn something from me, even though I don't know that much. But they may walk away with uh, being enlightened by being on the show and talking to me. But And that's a great thrill. That's a great thrill. And that's why I do the show, because I just love talking to good people, great people, wonderful people, and people who have something to offer to my audience and to the world. Because that's what this show is all about, making the world a better place. You know, and it's entertainment. I try to add a little entertainment in there, too, as you can sometimes I uh, have on the show, because sometimes things can get so serious on the show that I have to break it up with a little bit of a, a nice music, you know, um, music that you can dance by, you know, wiggle, wiggle by or, you know, clap your hands by and feel good about, it. you know, because I don't want this show to be a downer. I want it to be exciting. I want it to be you know, out there where you can say, hey, wow, I'm going to listen to this show again and again and again. And you can because every show that I do is podcast on this site. You can listen to any show you want at any time, at any given day you want. I don't necessarily have to be on the air live because there's so many shows that I have um, recorded, produced, and it's right here. George Wanda Jr., Block Talk Radio, George Wanda Jr., right here. You know, you can listen to any of them at any time. And, they're, and they sound as if I just... <laughs> they sound as if, if I just uh, um, did them. Actually, it did them. And um, sometimes I might repeat myself. I love being on the show. I love it. It's great. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. You can follow me. Uh-oh. Okay, you can follow me on Facebook, Block Talk Radio, right here. Click like. Um, click follow. Right here on Block Talk Radio, Facebook. I'm all over the place with LinkedIn, Google. I'm already I'm, I'm there. <laughs> And it, it, it's it's so much fun. I'm also a writer too, folks. So check out my stuff on uh, on uh, Amazon. I have, I have a lot of uh, new stuff up there for 2018. So I try to stay current with every year. Now, I don't know if I don't know if I'm going to do anything for 2019 in terms of authoring and publishing. I I have no clue. But uh, right now I have writer's block, and everybody gets it. So as soon as the writer's block is opening. As soon as the writer's block is over, I'm trying to say, uh, I should be back on track. 
Hey there, friends and fans. This is George Wilder Jr. of the George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, the website is www.amazon.com slash author slash gwilder or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, essay, so novel, novelettes, whatever you want to do. <laughs> and I want to thank you very much for that. And as always, yeah, good George. reading. This yeah. is George Wilder Jr. Yeah, we know. And keep listening. There's always yeah, more Keep listening, everybody. Keep All right. Listening. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> okay. All righty. I was just talking about the uh, um, the, the mudslides in California, if I can get my voices. I, I have two or three voices inside my head sometimes. Let's see. All righty. They're saying that um, Steve is jobless. Bannon. Steve Bannon was fired today from Breitbart. I guess that's his newspaper. Um, for saying nasty things about Trump in, in this book. Nasty things, but true. Things that are true. And uh, he's out. And he tried to walk it all back, but it was just too late because he did say those things in, in the book as calling Trump an idiot and saying Trump Jr. would crack like an egg on the media pressure or something to that effect. I haven't read the book, but I have uh, I've gotten snippets of it. So he is jobless, Steve, Steve Bannon. You, I mean, if you think about the name Steve Bannon, he sounds like he sounds and he looks like he looks a bad guy, Steve Bannon. And there's really someone named Steve Bannon. And it just seemed like he sounds like a bad guy from a gangster movie or something, you know, Steve Bannon. But he's he's a real person. I mean, as we know, and he's not liked among American people because he's another uh, ass kisser for Donald Trump. Anyway, Steve Bannon is out at Breitbart. I guess Breitbart is a publication where he was head of, so to speak. And now he's out of a job because I'm I'm thinking that Trump and his goons uh, orchestrated this, that he be unemployed because of the things that he uh, said about uh, Donald Trump in the book that, that weren't that was not flattering to Donald Trump and Donald Trump didn't like it. All right. Former White House chief strategist Steve Bannon is out at the far right Breitbart News, an outlet confirmed Tuesday. OK. This is, I'm, I'm reading a quote from uh, Steve Bannon after learning of his firing because Breitbart News, we know that that's a racist and, and white supremacist publication a, as well as Steve Bannon is a racist and white supremacist along with his former boss, Donald Trump. Okay, he's, he's um, talking now and I wanna quote him. Uh, this is Steve Bannon talking. I'm proud of what Breitbart the Breitbart team has accomplished in a short period of time in building out a world-class new platform. That's a lie. He said in a statement that I don't, Bannon was a founding member of the board and took over as executive chairman of Breitbart News founder, uh, Andrew Breitbart's death in 2012. So he took over. So he was sort of like, Maybe he just fired himself. Who knows? In a statement Tuesday, Breitbart CEO Larry Salvo 
commemorated Bannon's role in establishing the site, but he's out. Uh, Steve is a valued, okay, this is um, the CEO. Steve is a valued part of our legacy and we'll always be grateful for his contribution and what he has helped us to accomplish, he said. Bannon is, is also out as host of Breitbart, Breitbart News Daily on Cyrus XM Radio. Okay, he is also a uh, radio host. Rumors of Bannon's ouster from the conservative news outlet began Thursday when the Wall Street Journal reported that the owners of the publications were debating Bannon's future. Because he said, uh, a lot of, you know, a, a lot of um, companies, workplaces, they have been, they want to fire a lot of uh, employees. You know, I mean, just, I'm not talking about just Bannon here or just Breitbart News, but in general, you have a lot of workers out here and a lot of supervisors and managers who want to fire certain workers and they don't have that opportunity to fire them. So they're waiting around to get that opportunity to fire people. And, you know, uh, and this sounds like, seems like to me an opportunity. They, they long wanted to get rid of Bannon. So Bannon gave him, gave them an opportunity to get rid of him. He'd done something that they thought was, um, enough for his dis dismissal and they fired him you know during a brief briefing uh tuesday while the white house press secretary press secretary sarah huckabee sanders oh man i can't stand her she she comes uh <clears throat> um she said breitbart should consider firing bannon i don't know if that if they heard her or or, or if they took her advice uh on that because she's saying that Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who is the, uh, she's she's part of the White House. She's that girl, that uh, that woman or liar, who every day gives a press conference at the White House with the reporters in, in with the reporters present. It looks like a classroom where she's a big, bad, nasty teacher, and they they're the three year olds um, trying to learn something. Anyway, she's a she she's not credible. She's not credible at all. Uh, she lies every day for her boss, and we all know that. But anyway, and I don't uh, take anything that she says verbatim because she's she's not credible. But anyway, the big news is that um, Steve Bannon is out at the uh, at Breitbart, one of the publications, the B publication that he founded. Yeah, here comes the real dirt on Forty Five. Yeah, I do think so too. I think that now that uh, uh, Bannon is out at Breitbart, I think he's going to continue to uh, dish out the dirt on Trump. I really do because this guy. One of the things I do know about Steve Bannon, he loves speaking, he loves talking, he loves engaging people, and he knows he's going to have to have something real, really juicy in order for the press and the media to eat it up, as he's done as the things he said in his book, Fire and Fury, by Michael Wolf. Okay, so yeah, here comes the real dirt on 45. Bannon probably already has his tail all uh, on the printing press as we speak. Go figure, the man that helped the little finger get to power may be saving our grace. Yeah, we do think that Bannon is going to nail Donald Trump now that he's out of, out out at Breitbart, the newspaper, the publication. He's out. He's on his own. He has no um, 
there's nobody over him or under him, under him telling him what to do or how to do it. Nobody can fire him because he doesn't have a job, but he's a millionaire, of course. So he doesn't really need a job. He's got all the money in the world. But I think this is going to, uh, I think he's going to uh, uh, do a tell-all book of his own on Donald Trump and the White House. It's experience with Donald Trump. And it's not going to be good. And Donald Trump is going to you know, come back and say a lot of nasty things about him. But Donald Trump will not be able to do anything. This man is coming back with fire and fury. And okay, all right. But he, <laughs> I don't know, folks. Uh, this Donald Trump and and the things that this White House has taken this country through. This is more than a movie. This is just horrible. The things that comes out of this White House every single day. You can't, you can't really focus on one scandal for not focusing on some other mess. It's all a distraction while the Republicans in Congress, the House of Representatives, and the Senate uh, digs our grave while we're focusing on this mess. They're digging our grave. Believe me. I mean, they're figuring out how to cut Social Security, Medicaid, uh, get rid of this social program. They've already cut uh, a lot of programs already that the poor, the needy, the middle class utilizes and and the money that they uh, ciphered from those programs, they've given it to the rich people, to the billionaires and millionaires who don't need those pennies. But, you know, it just tells you right then and there that uh, Republicans don't give a damn about middle class people, working people and um, the poor. If you get any money, they're gonna try and take it from you. They're gonna take it from you, and then he's and then Trump is gonna say things like, "Bring Oprah on." Oprah is gonna slaughter this guy. Anyway, let's get back to Steve Bannon. He's uh, out at Breitbart. He's, in other words, folks, he doesn't have a job. It's amazing how Donald Trump has completely destroyed the professional lives, careers of just about everyone around him throughout his entire adult life. Yet he remains, at least until now, virtually unscathed, unbelievable, and just a mess. I agree. I totally agree. I'm certain that there will be more careers destroyed. Donald Trump has a knack of affecting everyone he associates with negatively. Not going to feel sorry for them because of all they had to do was to look up his record and pass in the past 40 years. The firing of the popcorn maker, making a pitcher of margaritas, taking the lawn chair out of the garbage and putting it, uh, putting on my sunglasses, fireworks are going to be spectacular. Despite the fireworks are going to be, because, you know, with the firing of, of Steve Bannon from Breitbart and, and, and the Donald Trump effect, I mean, this guy is going to, as I've said before, this guy is going to tell it all. It may, be a, it may be a few days, a few weeks, or a few months, but Steve Bannon, with no, gra- with no axe to grind, he is going to tell it all because, as I just got through saying, Bannon loves social media. He loves the cameras. He loves uh, 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 walking around on the stage with a microphone. Spilling his guts 
<laughs> and that's what he's going to do. He's going to spill the beans on Donald Trump. He thinks fire and fury. Donald Trump thinks fire and fury. This book by Michael Wolf was uh, uh, negative toward his, him and his administration. It's it's not it, it it's not going to be anything compared to what Steve Bannon's book is going to say about the administration and Donald Trump. I think the investigation uh, into Russia doesn't take Donald Trump down. Steve Bannon will. Steve Bannon is going to take him down, and this time he probably will not apologize because there's no there's no doubt about it. The reason why. Bannon is out of a job is because of Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump, uh, he ruins lives. There's no doubt about it. Donald Trump ruins lives. He ruins everybody's lives. He, he ruins everyone's life that is, is, is in his circle around him, who flanks him. He ruins your life, and he enjoys it. He enjoys ruining your life. And he just ruined Bannon's life. Now, nobody too much liked Bannon because Bannon is a white supremacist and a racist. But I don't think Bannon really likes Donald Trump. So there there it is. There it is. He's going to print. He's going to print, write, format, a tell-all book. It just might be bigger than Michael Wolff's book, Fire and Fury. You know, so there we go, folks. There it is. It's going to be a mess. This Donald Trump saga, I call it a saga, you know, because as, as long as Donald Trump is in office, there's going to be uh, more and more garbage being poured out, thrown out, dripping out every single day as long as this man is in office. And, uh, we Americans, we just got to, we Americans, we just have to get a handle on this stuff. We have to take back our country. We have to get these goons and thugs and criminals out of our White House. We have got to stop these people from putting throwing all of this garbage on us each and every day, all the time. You know, it, we just have to stop it. Vote. Vote. I don't care about your past. I just want a love last.
Today is a terrible day. It is a terrible day for millions of working families in this country who just want Congress to work for them. It is a terrible day for people who just want to get on with their lives and not have Congress cost them even more money. It is a terrible day for millions of hardworking people, but it is a great day for giant multinational corporations and billionaires who fund Republican campaigns across this country. Today is their day. Every fundraiser, every fat check from a billionaire, and every champagne and caviar party has been about getting to this day, the day when the politicians that they put in charge of Washington would pay them back with a $1.5 trillion giveaway. Now, supporters of this bill call it tax reform. It's not tax reform, it is a heist. A heist that steals from millions of middle-class families and hands that money over to the wealthy. A heist that will hurt Medicare and Social Security and reduce health care coverage by 13 million people in order to hand over money to giant corporations that are already rolling in profits. A heist that will hurt our economy and blow a hole in our national debt. And the American people have seen through this scam. They see through every lie that's been pushed forward. They know that this they bill doesn't care. provide middle class tax relief. It ultimately don't raises care. taxes on more than 60% of working families in this country. They know that this bill does not promote economic growth. Nonpartisan projections have shown it will have a negligible impact. Even former Republican officials admit it. And they know that this bill won't raise wages for working people. Corporate CEOs have already said so. Those CEOs have told everyone who would listen that when they get their truckloads of money from the GOP tax bill, they will turn right around and funnel that money to their wealthy shareholders. And they know that this bill isn't even to help Americans. A third of those shareholders who will get truckloads of money from the GOP bill don't even live in the United States. Over the last month and a half, we've all watched as one Republican senator after another has cast aside every single one of their supposed principles to get behind this monstrosity of a bill. Real relief for the middle class? Gone. Concern about the national debt? Gone. Concern about economic growth? Gone. Now, there's only one principle left. Reward billionaire campaign donors. This is not a conspiracy theory. It is not a partisan attack. It is what Republicans in Congress are saying in public to reporters. As one of my Republican colleagues said, in a moment of honesty, if they don't pass this tax giveaway bill, financial contributions will stop. And a Republican House member said big donors told him to pass the tax bill or don't ever call them again. Let's call this out for what it is. It's government for sale. And that's how you end up with a $1.5 trillion tax giveaway to corporations at a time of record corporate profits. You know, it's not supposed to be this way. 
Congress is elected by the people. It is supposed to represent their interests, not those of the people and companies rich enough to fund campaigns. And boy, is there a lot of work for us to do. Over the last 30 years, corporate profits have skyrocketed, while wages for working people have stayed flat. But even though corporations, not families, have been getting richer and richer, Congress has forced families to pick up more and more of the cost of our military, our roads and bridges, and our schools. Corporations used to pay about 30% of the cost of running the government. Now, it's under 10%. But today, the politicians who run Congress will <coughs> slash corporate taxes even more and shift even more of the burden onto working families. Working people will pay more so that giant corporations can pay less. There is no better example of this than the bill's treatment of Wells Fargo. Last year, we found out that Wells Fargo had opened millions of fake accounts so that executives could goose their sales numbers, drive up stock prices, and rake in bigger bonuses. And it turns out, Wells Fargo has also charged half a million customers for auto insurance they didn't need, which meant a lot of people, including soldiers and sailors and Marines, got their cars repossessed. Sounds pretty sleazy, huh? But instead of holding them accountable for cheating their customers, this Congress is on the verge of passing a tax bill that will shower more free money on Wells Fargo than any bank in the country. That is right. When this bill passes, the punishment for Wells Fargo's cheating millions of Americans will be a big gift-wrapped present worth billions of dollars in tax giveaways. This tax bill is shameful, and it is the result of a shameful process. No hearings on a bill that overhauls the tax code and shifts around trillions of dollars. No input from a single Democrat. No time for vetting by actual tax experts. Oh, big time donors are happy, very happy with this outrageous tax heist. But the American people, the American people are angry and they are right to be angry over and over again and again. They watch this Congress ignore their pressing problems, ignore children's health insurance, ignore flat wages, ignore an opioid crisis, ignore hurricanes and wildfires, ignore working families that are ripped apart by greedy politicians and politics built right here in Washington. Over and over again and again, they watch instead as Washington jumps to do more favors for billionaires, more favors for giant companies, and more favors for campaign donors. Today is just one more terrible day for hardworking Americans. Just one more terrible day in Washington where Washington works great for those at the top and won't lift a finger to help anyone else. People's anger is understandable. I share it. And sooner or later, a reckoning is coming. And I promise you this, when it does, when the politicians who lead this Congress and vote for this tax heist are held accountable for turning their backs on the American people who sent us here, 
then, then we will be the kind of country we want to be. Then we will be. So last night we had another. Recently, Donald Trump staged an event at the White House where he symbolically cut red tape leading up to a massive stack that allegedly represented the number of regulations that the Trump administration has cut since they came into office, as well as regulations that they haven't yet gotten to cut, but don't worry, they're going to get around to it. Trump, during this little ceremony, bragged about the fact that they're slashing 22 regulations for every one regulation uh, that they create. Well, here's the problem with all of this. Here's the problem with all of the sycophantic Republicans who are cheering this slashing of regulations. Those regulations are designed to save lives of American citizens. That is what they're for. That's why we have them to protect us. And yet here we have a man who is symbolically not just cutting red tape in that image. He is cutting a lifeline for American citizens, a lifeline that the federal government provided to make sure that corporations and businesses weren't doing things that were going to intentionally get American citizens and American workers killed while on the job or while out just living their lives. Trump further said that he wants to slash American regulations back to where we were in the 1960s, which of course means no Clean Air Act, no Clean Water Act, uh, no super fun toxic site cleanup, so corporate toxic waste can just go unabated, uh, no Endangered Species Act, no Wilderness Act, no National Forest Management Act, so corporations can come in clear-cut wherever they want. And again, all of these regulations and many more that Trump has cut and the ones that he wants to cut, they save our lives. And if that's not reason enough for you, then think of it this way. At least in terms of environmental regulations, for every $1 spent on compliance, it adds $7 in a ripple effect throughout the local economy in those areas. So for every $1 that corporations spend, it generates $7 in economic activity throughout that economy. That's good. We want more money flowing throughout the economy. Regulations, according to every single credible study that's looked at it, actually create jobs. They don't destroy jobs like Republicans have been telling us for years. They create jobs. They create economic activity and they save American lives. Trust me, the only people who benefit from repealing these regulations are the CEOs and shareholders of massive corporations. Repealing the Clean Air Act isn't going to help mom and pop businesses like Paul Ryan and Donald Trump say it will. How many mom and pop oil companies do you know of? Any mom and pop agrochemical companies out there making Roundup knockoffs to compete with Monsanto? That's not how it works. Republicans are relying on the fact that you are not going to educate yourself to learn what regulations actually do. They're going to assume that you are stupid and you will buy into their propaganda. That's how they get away with this. We have to prove them wrong. At the moment, unfortunately, there is nothing we can do to stop the Trump administration from slashing these regulations and sending us into an America that is about as bad as it was in the 1960s in terms of air quality and environmental quality. We're moving backwards. We're moving backwards at an amazing rate. 
We can't stop that until we get Trump and the Republicans out of office. So just totally, totally. We have to get them out of office. There is no doubt about it. We have If you would to. like your product, service, or your book to be mentioned on the George Wilder Jr. Show twice a day, four days a week, <laughs> right here on the George Wilder Jr. Show, just email the show or email its host for more details. Thank you. Yeah, we have to get the Republicans out of office, folks. That's the only way we're going to take this country back and try to reverse some of the things that Donald Trump has done. And this guy has done too much to this country, and we have to take it back. Because uh, as Elizabeth Warren was saying, they do not represent us anymore. Congress does not represent, they represent their donors, the big businesses, the rich, the millionaires, the billionaires. They do not represent the people who sit their asses to Congress, the people who gave them their jobs. They've turned their backs on the American people for their donors, for the corporations. They're Robin Hood in reverse, and I've said this a thousand times. They're taking from the poor and giving to the rich who are already rolling in profits, who are already rolling in millions and millions and billions of dollars. They're taking pennies from daycare, from children, babies, the disabled the sick, the dying, and taking money from these people and giving it to the rich. And the only people who are satisfied with this are their donors, are their donors, the people who are lining their pockets, you know, uh, and that's, that's all they care about, their donors, the people who are lining their pockets. They don't give a damn about the people who put their asses in office, gave them their great jobs, their great health care, while they to take away our health care and is taking away our health care. We have to vote these clowns out of office come November. November 18th cannot come, November 6th, I'm sorry, uh, 2018, cannot come fast enough. It seems like a million years uh, from the the date of this show, it seems like a million years away. We got 11, 10, 11 months uh, or 11 months uh, before uh, November, you know, and and every day's, from from now to then, Donald Trump and Republicans, they can do some astronomical things to America. Donald Trump has that um, pin for those executive orders. And plus, he has uh, his hands on the nuclear codes. The nuclear codes go everywhere he goes. I don't know why that's, that they should change that. I don't think he should have the nuclear codes everywhere he goes, you know, and and. Because he can decide, he can go berserk and get crazy and get nuts and decide to blow us all up, you know, to smithereens because he's pissed off, you know. So (laughs) we have to get these people out of office. We have to vote them out of office. We have to vote every Republican out of office. If there's any way possible, turn each state blue. Make each state a Democratic state. Get these assholes, these crimes, uh, these criminals, sorry, these criminals thugs, buffoons, gangsters, wannabe, the mafia, get all of these jackasses out of the White House. America, they care nothing the hell about. We got to throw these people out on their asses, and we're going to do it November 6, 2018.
Everybody have a great evening. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.